Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, April 14th. Our topic today is complaints, how 3% of calls can take 30% of your time, strategies to manage them. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, chat them on calltalk.tv, or call in to ask the host your questions and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question via email or phone on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much, Sean, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Our listeners uh, chose today's topic, Complaints, How 3% of the Calls Can Take 30% of Your Time. And uh, my guest today is John Chatterley, who's been on the show before. Uh, John has over 30 years' experience in really every aspect of the call center industry, uh, from building call centers to staffing them to studying them and writing about them. Uh, He was co-author of a book on offshore outsourcing and is one of my collaborators on a book I'm completing this year on outsourcing. So how are you doing today, John? Well, Bruce, I don't know. I can't complain. (laughs) Okay. Good good one, John. Good one. And if you do, I think I'll just escalate you to Sean. (laughs) Anyway, well, to all of our listeners, uh, we hate to complain about this topic you all picked, but it is a huge topic that can only be kind of scratched in half an hour. So John and I have agreed to try to give it as much structure as possible so that we can provide some useful tips that we hope can actually help you. And, and still have time for you to call in or email us and question or, or complain about what we've said. Um, if you've tuned into the show, uh, we're sure you probably are anxious for some strategies to handle complaints so they take less of your time and less of your emotional energy. That's a, actually a big part of it. Uh, you're probably also keen for ways to coach your people so they can handle complainers better and so that they don't get escalated, and so that the agents themselves don't get burned out. Uh, and you'd probably like a strategy for executive complaint handling. Uh, you know, those pesky callers who insist on talking to the CEO and to vent and rage about just how bad your products and your services or your people are. Aren't they wonderful? Uh, and, of course, uh, there was one old strategy that I found in one call center years ago, which was uh, just to hang up on the sour pusses, but that approach is now officially frowned upon, uh, has been eliminated from the book of best practices. Uh, <laughs> the, the other thing, you know, that we shouldn't forget, John, is that complaints can be what I call uh, dark pearls. They're sources of information you can really use to improve your center or to pass on to your product people to consider in their product development. And here, building a radial organization, which is something we've talked about in other uh, sessions, is important so that you have sort of the ability to communicate with other parts of your enterprise. But uh, first, John, to to frame this issue, how important it is, uh, I know you did some research in the Benchmark Portal database to find out how prevalent complaints are in different industries. Uh, What did you find there? Uh, Well, I turned up some things that... that you might expect, but also some that that are very interesting that you, you might not suspect. 
first of all, overall across all industries, the complaint uh, ratio of calls is about seven and a half percent. The the industry sector with the highest uh, ratio of complaints at, at nearly 20 percent, 19.79 percent, is the auto manufacturing industry. And uh, perhaps our our listeners today won't be that surprised considering the extensive amount of press that uh, Toyota has received and other other manufacturers on their recalls. But uh, yeah. it's a huge number. That is. That's a very high number. Uh, I, I remember, too, I know that uh, probably exactly the phenomenon you're talking about is having an impact, uh, but I did see uh, just recently uh, some figures for a European auto manufacturer, and uh, their figures for complaints were quite high, too, in terms of percent. So uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, well, I just wanted to point out that uh, that um, our listeners should realize that that a high level of complaints uh, might lead them to the press if they follow the track of uh, auto manufacturing, which would be terrible. So uh, we need to discuss as we go forward today that uh, strategies that they can employ so it never reaches that point. Mm. Uh, point. However, then. The next most interesting uh, 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 industry with the uh, next with the uh, next highest level of complaints is the government industry, or the, maybe I shouldn't call it an industry, but the government uh, call center sector, uh, with uh, just under 10% of their calls uh, for complaints. Of course, at at the tax time this year, I believe taxes are due tomorrow. <laughs> they're probably uh, they're probably triple or or even more uh, at this point, and then uh, about six weeks down the road, they'll they'll have another flood as people are calling to find out why they haven't received their refund yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point, uh, and uh, people do like complaining about and to the government. So, uh, how about the ones who uh, uh, did really well in the industry? Uh, yeah, in the industry well, there are, there are a couple. Of, there are a couple at the other end of the spectrum, and both of them kind of surprised me. Uh, first of all is the uh, uh, information technology sector, which in- includes computers, iPhones, uh, uh, and things like that. Uh, only three and a quarter percent uh, mm. of their calls were complaints. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't dig into it deeply enough to find out what the reason is, but... Uh, I kind of uh, made the assumption that that in that, those industries that uh, deal with technology, they expect a lot of calls, so they structured themselves up to be able to handle those and uh, and not to, even even though they may get one call, they're not having callers that have to do a lot of repeat calls, which which does play into these numbers. Right. Right. Yeah, because actually uh, in the technology sector, too, when you think about it, those are folks who are getting calls that are for technical support. And so people may have a complaint in their mind uh, about the situation, but they're calling in for the technical support. And if you can uh, resolve that problem in the technical support call, you prevent it from turning into uh, a subsequent complaint call. So, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting one. I I see another one here is... uh, uh, credit cards and uh, banking yeah. that are quite low. 
Yes, and, and the, those were the others that I expected to see higher, particularly credit card. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. but the numbers just, uh, just don't support my, my preconceived notion. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, apparently, they're also able uh, to resolve uh, caller issues before they turn into actual complaint calls. Okay, yeah, and I have a, a theory there, too, and that is that banking and credit cards both have a high number of uh, automated calls, IVR-assisted calls, very, oh, very true, high. True, true. And, yeah. and so uh, although you may have a, a good number of complaint calls, in terms of percentage, uh, just because there's, there's such huge volumes in those two sectors, uh, the percentage uh, actually is, looks quite low. Uh, and well, and, guess, and yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, uh, and you 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 make make the point in your last comment that uh, these numbers are not strictly linear because these are not uh, these are not weighted by the number of calls. So some call centers, uh, like those in the credit card and banking industry, uh, are very high volumes uh, in 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 the centers that service them. Compared to some other sectors, where the uh, volume of calls is much lower. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, you know, we've got a number of other things that we could uh, talk to, but we have a, a question that's come in, right, Sean? Yep. <clears throat> we have a question from Mike. Uh, Mike asks, "We have some chronic complainers who call the center all the time. Do you have some advice?" Oh, great, great uh, question, Mike. Uh, chronic complainers uh, are the uh, are, are I guess the bane of every call center. Uh, misunderstandings and mistakes happen in every business, but it's how you deal with customer complaints that's very important. And you don't want these customers to take their business elsewhere. Uh, so even if they're uh, what we call chronic complainers, they still have to be dealt with very carefully. Uh, and here are a few pointers uh, that uh, that might be helpful. First of all, make sure you've got specific people in your organization in charge of handling complaints. You want people who are trained in complaints and who are available to listen. Um, they they uh, you, you don't want to uh, uh, just as an aside, Bruce and Sean. You don't want to call it a complaint department because you don't want the callers to think that you make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> That's right. But you do want to have these people uh, uh, trained in, to specialize in that. Secondly, um, these individuals uh, have to have a very high level of patience. Uh, third, they have to have a good attitude about complaints. Okay, so none of us actually like to listen to complaints. However, complaints are a way of learning uh, how to improve our business. Uh, again, fourth is listen. Customers want to be heard and understood. So um, never make the mistake of having the, the caller just start to talk about what they're complaining about and, and, uh, and take over the call thinking that you already know, uh, know the answer and know the level of their complaint. Mm -hmm. Give them a chance to talk and make sure that you hear hear them out fully. It's also a good idea once they have you have heard their call uh, their complaint uh, to uh, repeat that to them to make sure that it is completely understood. 
then next step would be to apologize for the problem. It doesn't matter that the customer may in fact have been wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, uh, you know, the old axiom, the cust- customer is always right, needs to to be ever-present in, in their minds. And finally, uh, try to fix the problem or make it up to your customer in some way. Uh, give them a ch- uh, give them something to show them your appreciation. It doesn't have to be much. It could be just a a coupon or something like that. And then last, uh, you need to make sure you have a good tracking system to track complaints. That way, you can ferret out those that are chronic complainers. Um, you know, there there are there are cases where uh, chronic complainers can't be satisfied. Uh, over anything, and if you want to take the step of 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 going uh, to the point of asking them uh, why they keep calling, you probably want to have a good record system uh, backing you up so that you can uh, effectively deal with it. Again, mm-hmm. you don't want to drive people away if you can help it. Right. Okay, great points. Uh, all of those great points and uh, things that we can actually use in our call centers. Um, you know, I, I'm working now with uh, Dr. John Anton on a client uh, that is, has asked for help with executive complaint handling. Uh, the, you know, the calls where people insist on talking to the CEO, they get up to the top. Uh, there's all these kinds of uh, telephone calls that come down. Uh, what's wrong with what you're doing? You know, <laughs> basically, why yes. wasn't this person properly helped? Uh, <laughs> I think people on the, the call could probably relate to that. And, you know, there needs to be training up as well as training down in terms of making sure that our executives know uh, that there shouldn't be a fire drill every time someone calls and has a complaint. And and also, uh, on the other hand, it may be a good idea, depending on the size of your center and the nature of your business, to actually have a specialized team of people who uh, may not spend all of their time on these, but who are the uh, the master complaint handlers to whom these kinds of situations are referred. And these are people who will be skilled and usually trained in how to take care of anger diffusion. And uh, Dr. John likes to, you know, make the analogy of anger diffusion to like learning CPR. You know, it's it's not, it's a technique. It's something that can be taught. And then, unfortunately, most call centers don't touch on very much, except maybe for an hour or two in uh, initial training. Uh, but, in fact, there are techniques that can be very well used uh, to prevent these complaints from becoming something that paralyze, paralyzes your center and, and also just takes an incredible amount of emotional energy away from you. So, um, John, did you have anything to add, or we can go on to our next question, actually, that's coming uh, up? Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, we're dealing with the tip of the iceberg here, as you know, Bruce, and I think you mentioned that <clears throat> Excuse me earlier. Uh, so perhaps we ought to move on. Uh, we can always address it further in another uh, installment of Call Talk if uh, listeners want us to. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, the next question so, comes from Tom. Uh, Tom asks, uh, what about the unprepared caller? does not have enough identification data critical to addressing concern, i.e. no serial number, model, etc. <laughs> okay. So these are people who just want to complain, but they're not prepared complainers. I wonder who they think they are. <laughs> they aren't prepared with what they need to know. Uh, John, do you have some thoughts on that? 
Well, uh, uh, interestingly enough, that just happened to me the other day. Really? I was calling, uh, yeah, personally, I was calling a call center because I I had an issue and uh, uh, I had gotten a little bit upset about something and without bothering to go dig out receipts and customer ID numbers and and everything else that they that I found out they wanted I I called and and registered a complaint and wait a minute so John are you telling us that are you telling us that you're the caller that Tom is calling up about right now <laughs> I I may well be I, I I don't recall whether that was his name when I was talking to him but what I will what I will tell you is that uh, the, uh, the the representative handling me on the phone was beyond patience. Uh, and uh, well, how about an address? How about a a phone number? How about a you know last four digits of, the, of your social security number? We stepped through a tree of different choices until he was finally able to identify me. Uh, by the way, uh, the the excuse me the center i was dealing with was xm radio and uh, the reason that i'd called is because i got in the car to go somewhere and found out that my favorite station wouldn't come up mm. but uh, but what happened was that they walked me through uh, uh the process and here i was down driving down the middle of the road uh, how am i to find a receipt you know what i'm saying yeah. So, uh, so they eventually were able to identify who I was, look into the situation, uh, found out that uh, that a termination uh, uh, attempt had been made because uh, I was behind on my bill, and uh, so we resolved that. They <laughs> uh, got got it back on, and he thanked me uh, for calling, and as a bonus, because I spent all of this time, he gave me an extra. Um, three months of service. So he right. turned me, it, it, you know, it, it turned me from uh, from lemon to lemonade. I guess is okay. the way to put it. <laughs> okay, good. Well, so you were down going down the highway, pulling a Maria Shriver, talking on your cell phone. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, I guess uh, you know, <laughs> a couple of uh, thoughts come here, and one is. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've heard, and uh, if not, then one thing that we could advise people to do is to uh, put on their IVR something that prepares people to have their identification, et cetera, uh, when they actually reach an agent. So in the uh, IVR message itself, you say, please be sure and have your whatever identification or other piece of information they need uh, before you talk to an agent. And, uh, you know, kindly uh, put down the file phone and find that uh, and then call us again uh, if they need to. So I think that can, can, can do it. And the other is uh, to have a system, a CRM system, that is hopefully flexible enough to do what, Tom, uh, what, what uh, your agent was able to do with you, uh, John, and uh, basically use some alternative methods to identify who you are. So... Uh, Tom, hopefully that is of in, uh, can be interesting to you and helpful to you. Uh, Sean, do we have another one? We do. Uh, Jeff asks, uh, we are currently having an in internal debate around using escalation teams mm -hmm. to handle the majority of escalations or to use a frontline or to use frontline supervisors. Do you have any guidance on what we should be considering in order to make the decision 
and what is common direction in the industry. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, I'd like to just throw one other possibility into the pot, and that is uh, Expert Hub. Okay, so I'm sorry, who was the name of this? Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Okay, so Jeff, we had uh, two possibilities that you are discussing right now. One is uh, to have, you know, an escalation protocol. Another is to uh, have the supervisors take them. And here, uh, oh, boy, there's an awful lot of supervisors who are very, very busy with other things, and when they start doing too much of that kind of work, they don't do their coaching and other work that they really need to do. Uh, and so one other possibility to throw in the pot, and then I'll hand it over to John to sort of uh, give his opinion on the three, is an expert hub where you uh, have people who are easily accessible by the agents and who in many cases are able to help the, um, the agent with the information that's needed to uh, take care of the call by themselves. Uh, so, J John Chatterley, uh, would you like to just comment on, on those Yeah, things? actually, I've got, I've got a couple of comments, Bruce. The first is, um, uh, in, in my past, I have uh, run call centers that provided uh that 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 uh, were there to provide uh technical support and so uh, we found it uh, very helpful to set up uh, expert hubs like you're talking about uh within the uh, lead organization and also to have a second and even third tier uh escalation point for those real sticky uh, complaints and, or, and problems that uh, the callers called in about. Uh, the idea of having supervisors uh, handle this, I think, is is uh, I w is not recommended. They have so many other things that they have to do, uh, running their their teams and uh, doing the reporting and managing schedules and all of that. That trying to stop what they're doing and put their attention into uh, into solving an in, individual caller's uh, issue is just too much of a burden, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. And, you know, with the supervisors, too, the, most of the situations I've seen where there's some dysfunction is because the uh, supervisors may be undertrained and they haven't been given enough time with their people to coach and mentor them, uh, to really let them feel that the supervisor is there as their greatest support uh, and the, obviously the imposer of certain discipline and certain regulations, et cetera, but also uh, within that, uh, their biggest uh, booster in terms of trying to help them to succeed in terms of giving great customer service. So, uh, Very true, yeah. very true. Okay, Sean? Okay, the next question, um, uh, by the way, uh, John, earlier Tom had said that, uh, yes, uh, you were the one. Tom was the one who asked the question uh, with uh, – <laughs> No kidding. Oh, wow. But he was just kidding. He was just kidding. <laughs> okay, good, good one, Tom. Like it, like it. Okay. Uh, this question comes from Paul. Uh, Paul asks, um, I love your idea of a complaint resolution team, but how do I sell it to my management? Mm, okay, good, good. Well, you know, this is where uh, you have to psych out your management. Are they big on uh, understanding processes? Are they motivated by uh, giving excellent customer service? Are they motivated mainly by the numbers? And uh, you have to, having psyched out what it is that will make your 
management, your senior management team, give you the resources and funding needed for a complaint resolution team, then gear your arguments toward those things. Uh, and certainly with regard to um, making their lives easier because they're not going to have uh, folks on their phones or the phones to their assistants uh, badgering them away, that's always a good thing. Uh, in terms of the money, you can definitely make a case in terms of uh, having a complaint resolution team that is skilled and uh, has, is able to show success in this in terms of uh, reduced talk times and in terms of um, uh, you know, uh, you know, problems that are created within the call center. And obviously, those people in the complaint resolution team are trained. They're oftentimes pre-screened in terms of their uh, personal characteristics, so you have the right people in there. They're oftentimes people who are given the ability to give extra goodies that the normal person on the front line is not able to give, uh, and they're monitored on that, obviously, as well. And, and therefore, they're able to uh, contain and uh, complete the process for these uh, complaints rather than have them escalate. And so you have to figure out how to quantify that for the numbers-oriented senior management. Uh, in terms of uh, quality, uh, that's usually fairly easy to show, that a complaint resolution team, specialists uh, are able to uh, take care of things better. And, and the other thing is, in terms of um, the use of the time of these people, they don't have to be always taking complaints. It's just that complaints go preferentially to them in terms of routing, and then the rest of the time they can be doing other calls or other things in the call center. Okay. Great point. Great yeah. points, Bruce. Um, I, I had I, I had one comment that I wanted to throw in. Uh, maybe this is a good point to do it, and that is uh, everyone needs to keep in mind that for every call, and this is based on research, that for every caller that calls in and complains, there's somewhere between uh, 10 to 50 callers or uh, customers out there that have uh, uh, that are dissatisfied in some way or other, uh, but haven't called in to complain. So, the important thing is uh, not only making sure that you handle the complaint, but uh, but doing some analysis to determine what it is that people are complaining about, so that you can drill down and resolve these issues uh, from uh, repeating themselves over and over again. Well, well that's right. And, and you know, uh, it really, this is where the market sensing component of uh, complaint management and complaint handling comes in. Uh, the fact is that there's probably a lot of money that marketing areas could save if they just listened uh, to what the uh, customers were saying when they came in through the call center or through exactly. social media. So. Yeah, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say exactly. Uh, Ford marketing could have really uh, gained something if they had been doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and uh, now we have also social media, which is a way of hearing the voice of the customer, and we are doing some creative things now uh, in terms of t tapping into that for uh, purposes of uh, finding where the complaints are so that uh, you know the voice of the customer can really be used by the enterprise. Sean, you got another one for us. Uh, yeah, this question comes from Rick. 
<clears throat> Rick says, good points. However, how do you find a balance of providing good customer service and not rewarding chronic complainers? Mm, absolutely. In other words, at what point is uh, you know, being uh, good to your complainers actually not worth it in, in terms of being actually uh, money badly spent and uh, not in the best interest of the enterprise? Uh, John, do you have some thoughts on that? Uh, well, yes, I touched on one of those earlier, and that is uh, tracking calls by caller uh, and classifying them so that uh, that chronic complainers uh, can can be identified, and uh, and then developing a protocol to deal with them. There's not this isn't a a one uh, one solution uh, uh, type of answer. It, it depends. Uh, there are a number of other factors that play into this. Uh, how much value that customer has, what has been their purchasing uh, uh, pattern in the past. Uh, you know, if if they're a high-value customer, uh, you have to deal with their. Uh, maybe they're just one of these personalities that's never happy, uh, but it's uh, it should never reach a point where uh, you become emotional or angry. In the process, that isn't to say you have to put up with profanity and insults and things like that. If it de call degenerates to that, the best thing to do is to to escalate that to a supervisor and have the supervisor politely inform people that they they don't allow uh, callers to deal in that manner with their agents. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Uh, we have another question. This one um, actually is from Dave. Uh, Dave asks, we have noticed that profanity and raw anger have increased over the years. Is this common to other call centers? Okay. Actually, John, that uh, sort of takes off from what you were just talking about. And, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to measure that. I don't think anybody has uh, gone through uh, recorded calls over the last 10 years and done a uh, a study, uh, you know, where they've had a, a automated way of looking for profanity or, or decibel levels. But there does seem to be, just in uh, going to call centers and talking with people, a general reduction in, in, in civility in terms of the way people interact and, and the way that they um, will communicate with a call center when they're upset. And uh, the, uh, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with television and radio and uh, the fact that, and social media, and the fact that, uh, you know, these things seem to be uh, okay in terms of the, uh, the society today as opposed to 10 or 20 years ago where people simply control themselves better, I think, is really the way to, to go about it. And, and here we, we do have to draw lines because it's not fair uh, to our people to have them subjected to the raw anger and the profanity. It is necessary, as John said, to uh, escalate, uh, and, but also to be able to have the training for the people that, that where they can say, sir, I am not going to listen to this profanity, and I'm not going to be able to continue with this call if you continue to do it. Please calm down, and let's try to resolve this situation. Excellent points, Bruce, excellent points. I notice that we're just about out of time, uh, so I, I, not that I'm trying to bring the show to a close, but I just wanted to to make a, a final comment, and that is um, uh, complaints 
complaint calls are are inevitable, regardless of what operation or organization you have. And uh, it's very, very important that you use a structured approach to 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 dealing with complaints that includes, uh, you know, a trained team, uh, more experienced people uh, that can feel these, an escalation process that works, and a, and a good tracking mechanism. Mm-hmm. Okay, great points all, John, and thank you very much for being with us today. Um, I always enjoy having you on, and uh, now back over to uh, to Sean. And thanks to everybody for listening. Yeah, John, thank you very much for all your great insights in today's show. I want to thank uh, all the participants for all their great questions. Um, in order to get your free copy of uh, Bruce's book, uh, please send an email um, to calltalk at benchmarkportal.com if you ask a question today. Um, don't forget to uh, sign up for our reality check to see how um, your call center compares to peers in your industry. Our winner of today's in-depth reality check uh, is Jeff. Uh, Jeff, please send an email to uh, calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, and we will get you your free report. The topic for our next show is agent burnout, what's a manager to do, tips and tales. Our host will be Drew Phelps. And uh, thanks again for joining our show today. We hope everyone has a great day.